Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of having Warner Lewis with me. Warner, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me today. Warner, where I want to start this conversation off is you met your partner, Ari, in 2009. You heard him speak. What connected you with him? Whether you went, hey, wait a minute, this is a smart dude. This is someone I need to know. Um, In real estate, there are obviously thousands and thousands of brokers, in particular in New York City. And a lot of brokers are maybe good people, people, uh, people, people, sorry, people, very sorry. Yeah, they connect well with people. They connect yeah. well with people. Um, but there are very few who you just intrinsically know are good business people and know that they would succeed whatever they chose to do, but they just chose to do this field. And having grown up in New York City, having gone to, you know, the, the, uh, uh, elite of the private schools, private universities, I've met a lot of the people who have become masters of the universe and yes. immediately seeing him and hearing him, I thought that this was one of those people. Um, and so I just filed that away. I was very impressed and didn't really think much of it until, um, I was looking to go away on vacation with my wife to be. And all of a sudden, I got a call from Poland from a client who was coming to town who wanted to go and look at this crazy uh, neighborhood called Williamsburg. And um, he wanted, he was interested in buying commercial buildings. And there were very few people um, other than me in Halstead that did work on the commercial side. And so I went to the president of Halstead and asked who could handle this while I was away because I, at that point, had learned enough to know that trying to take a vacation and work at the same time meant neither was fun. And I needed to find someone to hand it off to. So, And you're trying to get your wife to marry you. And and doing that on your like uh, pre-engagement would be surefire, uh, get lost, mister. So smart on you for... Reaching out to Ari and actually being present is something I'm not I'm not very good at all the time. And so, anyway, he he, he said, "Do you know Ari Harkov?" And the name immediately shot in my mind from that speech. And I went. I think Ari was speaking. I was sitting not too far away from where Richard was. I went over to speak with him, and um, pretty quickly, I started feeling really comfortable handing off a potentially very big deal to someone. And um, I went away on vacation. He handled that and a few other things better than I think I could have handled it myself. And it laid a kernel for me that, you know, this guy's pretty talented and, you know, just someone to think about. Uh, fast forward. That's kind of interesting. There's a couple of things that you uh, said there that strike a chord. Number one, that you said, you know, he was a really good business person. In real estate, there's like people, people, and then there's business people. And finding business people in real estate is really difficult because you can be a solo practitioner and muddle your way through a decent career. But as soon as you build a team, if you're not a business person, that's where things go incredibly wrong. Kind of fair statement, would you say? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I find that almost all teams in real estate are actually, they are there to service the main face. And I would call it um, almost a Ponzi pyramid scheme where the underlings are paid as little as humanly possible. They're, yes. they're disposable. And I don't think it's actually very good for the client or for the person who is on the lower rungs. And one of the things that Ari and I have done, and I'll give him because I ceded CEO responsibilities to him years ago because he wanted to murder me trying to be a co-CEO with me because yes. that's not, I'm not built to be a CEO, is that the one thing that we can choose is who we get to work with. And we very much, we know we're in a position where we can take advantage of people. And for us, and Ari learned this at Columbia Business School, I think it costs you 1.5 times the amount to replace someone than just... Their annual salary. Yep, definitely. And And that's if they're not skilled. If they're skilled and real estate has connections, you can't buy that. So the second thing you said in the opening uh, kind of conversation was that you realized that Ari did a better job than you would have done. And a lot of times we're hot wired to... I got this. I'm great. I'm fantastic. And just that ego comes in. Kind of what made you kind of realize that? Was that because that's kind of unusual, right? I, I, I realize their shortcomings. I think there's a, a dirty Harry quote a man's got to know his limitations. Yeah, I, I am. Because I, I, so I very much know my limitations. I am someone who um, I'm really good at certain things. I mean, the things that I'm good at. I mean, I can get a, a t- sixth grade teacher of mine said that if he had to pick any student he's ever had to get $30,000, and this was in the 80s, from New York City to San Francisco in three days without spending any of it, he would choose me to do it. Like, I would just figure out how to do it. If you want me to run a business, it will be a disaster because I I'm- can lose 30000 in three days. I yeah, love it. Potentially. And, and so, you know, with Ari, I just saw the ability to- you know, one of my favorite authors is Richard Russo. And in Empire Falls, he describes a mother and a daughter, a mother who's able to take this gargantuan task, break into a hundred little tasks and crush it. Yes. And the daughter who gets completely overwhelmed because all she sees is this big task. It's somewhat me and Ari. That's a little oversimplification, but he is so detail-oriented, so smart, so thoughtful, and just incredible at business that for me... Um, you know, when it came time for looking to go into uh, have a honeymoon and for Ari looking to go to Columbia Business School, we just sat down and thought, there's something here. I mean, I, our skill sets are polar opposites. We are polar opposites, except in the most important of ways, and that's ethics and morals. That was one of the reasons that I really wanted to have this conversation was that you said, you know, hey, the common area was integrity and, and what's important and what's right. And that's the foundation and you both get to shine in your areas. So what's that? How many people do you have in your team? How many agents do you have working for you? So we, we have in counting admin, we have 13 people right now. So that's inclusive also of me and Ari. So okay. So, oh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. But so here's the question I have for you that you and Ari going to your example of the Richard Russo book, like it's mom and dad, which agents kind of come more naturally to you for what things and which ones go to Ari for what things? Like, how does that work out? So the way we have that it is set up, and I don't say we, I think I would say Ari has set it up because it's just, um, you know, it's it's part of his, 
his personality is just the process detail guy. Yeah. Process detail guy is that I think I am there for the agents much more in the arena around emotion and human interactions, like things in life are happening. And I'm there for that touchstone. If you have a deal point and a deal issue, not that I'm bad at that, but again, you have Muhammad Ali and Ari. So if you're about to get into the thrill of Manila, you want to get Ari or, uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. To, to, to be the point person to, to speak with before that negotiation or that conversation. Brilliant. One of the things that uh, I'd like you to highlight, you know, protect the innocent. So don't share their names, but you probably have agents that came in that did a good job that you could clearly see that this person could be phenomenal. So tell me about one of those stories, but change the name that, you know, this person came in, this was the shortcoming or the hesitation, and this is how you or Ari helped them overcome it. So they actually stepped into who they could be. I think that that's that. In reality, that when people join a team, it, it's you're giving away a chunkiness and a potential upside mm-hmm. for a much more stable income. But it's just math. If you do a, a deal on your own and you're not cutting it, except with the house, you're going to make more money. If you do five deals over the year, you know, let's say you get fifteen grand per, you make seventy-five grand. If you work with us and you're involved in 20, but you're able to make much more, you almost need to, you really need to make a a leap of faith. And that's been the biggest thing with someone joining us is very rarely at this point, because we just don't have the time, do we take someone on who is brand new? Makes sense. they, they, They have to have had spend some time in real estate. And, you know, I think it's very interesting because, People sit down with Ari and they come out of that like, wow, like that was a business person. That wasn't some guy who's like, hey, I'm trying to, uh, I'm going to do a a photo shoot. I'm going to look great. The team's all about me. You're just going to do this. I interact with all the clients. You're not going to learn anything, but you get to be in my aura. And and through osmosis, maybe your life is better. You meet Ari, it is, this is how it runs. This is how you're going to learn and pick up. This is how you're going to get paid. And then on the flip side, when people meet me, it's, it's, it's the softer touch and what you see is what you get. And it's the same with Ari, but because he's such a business person, it's somewhat harder, I think, to believe when you meet someone who's very blocking and tackling X's and O's, dot the I's, cross the T's, whereas I am someone who will always put someone else first to my own detriment. It's just something that that is ingrained in me. I want to take care of everyone. I am a people pleaser, which I've had to curb somewhat in this industry because at the end of the day, you just can't always make people happy. But I think that combination of us has made people make a leap who are doing well on their own to work with us and then even hit much higher levels of income than they would have gotten on their own. So tell me uh, if it's okay to share, what's one thing that you've helped Ari understand that made him a better partner, better leader? And what's one thing he's helped you understand that helped you be a step up into who you are? So with, with Ari, it was definitely getting him to understand that people actually like it when you call them. <laughs> Ari, fun, Ari, the young Ari was almost bothered by when people called him or calling people, he felt like I'm bothering them. Yes. And so there, there was sort of a lack of a, what I, what I love about real estate is the connection with people. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like that for me, I don't think about the dollars and cents. I don't think I'm going to make X if this happens or Y if it doesn't. Or but It's all about relationships because my whole upbringing was just the lack of relationships. So for me, it is all about the human touch. Ari was the exact opposite. In the beginning, I think that, that people were almost the problem. And the thing that, that is he has grown exponentially in is as a person who is a better friend, a better listener. And I think just he was always a very good human being, but he wasn't yes. a very outgoing human being. And so for me, even uh, I am not process oriented. I, you know, as, as my brother once put it, Warner, what you do is you pick up guys. And I was like, but no, I've got expertise in this. And I was like, you know, you're right. Literally, I'll be on the subway and I'll meet someone, see someone reading a book and start a conversation. And all of a sudden, we're friends. friends. We're doing business. And, he, and, and so for me, it's taking that ability to create in a spotty nature and making it more process driven and making it five to 10 phone calls a day when you could have meetings, two to three meetings a day and all these things, much like working out where at the end of the week, depending obviously pandemic, no pandemic, I'd have somewhere between 50 touches a week. And so even if nothing happened, I know I have Stuff happened. Yeah. You to, and, to seize the sun. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and real estate people always say you eat what you kill. And I think that's just the worst analogy. And I do think some brokers think that way. They think transactionally, I get this done and I'm done with you. What I love more than anything is that inclusion in my life and me and theirs with my clients that will happen more times than not after a deal. Warner, you've been doing this for a while and you're very successful at it. You've won a lot of awards. So the question to you is this. I'm going to ask this for two groups of people. One would be uh, agents that have been in the business for a while. And sometimes when you've been in the business for a while, you kind of lose sight of what you really need to be doing and you just get caught up in your ways. You've probably met agents like that. What are three things you want those agents that have been doing this for a while to kind of focus on that will allow them to just take the game up? You know, it's so funny because Ari always says to every new agent, whatever Warner does, don't do. Because (laughs) for all the good and bad reasons, I just don't do anything in a normal way. And I am able to get away with it. It's sort of like, you know, if there was a, a show, Life's Too Short with Ricky Gervais, and they and Liam Neeson has this famous scene where he says, well, he doesn't do an accent. How does he get away with it? I'm like, we just don't know. So I will, I will answer high level for all agents because, again, my experience, I think, is so unique. So I think the, the first thing for anyone is if you don't know yourself, get to know yourself. Know yourself. Absolutely true. People want to work with genuine people. There are definitely brokers who are fake and some people are attracted to that. I don't get it, but I found in my life the most, the thing that's changed my life exponentially was when I stopped trying to be who I think you might want me to be and start being me. Because then all of a sudden, if I share about loving science fiction, because I truly do, and someone else does, immediately there's a contact point. There's a bond. There's fantasy. Babylon 5. Babylon, Babylon 5. Firefly. Expanse. I will Dune. I can't wait for Dune, the movie, to come out. But you know, just that ability to connect, that 
is the biggest thing that gives you a leg up against other brokers. Stop right there for a minute. Is that you connect the authentic you with them as opposed to when you try and be someone you're not. We try and protect who you are, that there's an inauthenticity there that people can sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think that, you know, I, I just, I had so many years of try, of just, you know, you like Dave Matthews, I like Dave Matthews. You wear that, I'm going to wear that. And I just... It finally just everything spiraled, fell apart just when I, I think it was probably just when I got into real estate and I completely collapsed and it was just too tiring. And, and it was really a journey to, okay, who am I? And, and, and how do I look in the mirror? And, um, and I didn't realize it till the pandemic happened that it really was a search for wisdom and virtue over rhetoric. I think we all have three faces. There's one face that we show the outside world, look at me, I'm pretty or smart or I'm broken or whatever that is. That's called the illusion. And then we have the delusion. This is who we think we are. Then there is the authentic self. And we have to, most people don't know the authentic self. So we feel ill at ease, but we're trying to balance these two other things that are not real either. So what you just described is when you know yourself and you're brave enough, that's who you show the outside world. It takes a lot of stress, a lot of posturing, all that bullshit goes away and you show up and there's going to be lots of people that love you. And some people think you're an idiot, but that's okay because not everyone's going to love us. But when you're inauthentic, nobody knows who you really are. So number one piece of advice Know yourself, be yourself. What's advice number two for seasoned realtors? So I would say it goes along with number one. If there's something that you love doing that you can shine. And again, I'll give the example of you love sci-fi. Okay, join a book club with other people who like sci-fi. Because immediately you're meeting people who you share a commonality with and a bond. And who you will then, if you are not someone who's wildly gregarious, you're in a comfortable situation. So you're sure getting out there in finding your tribe. And uh, so it's, it's, you know, again, follow your heart, follow what you like, be in as many rooms with people who love the same things that you love. So that'd be number two. One of the things that you uh, kind of said was, you know, uh, you know, shine. And uh, certainly what you talked about finding your people is important. The other part is I meet a lot of people that it's like, you know, if I really shine the way I want to, people are going to think I'm like a show off and they actually hold themselves back from the world. Like there's some people are like posers. Uh, look at me. I'm fantastic. But there's a lot of people that feel uncomfortable letting their brilliance shine. And I think once you know your authentic self, you have that grounding and that gives you permission to shine in whatever that thing is that you do. So brilliant. So that's advice number two. Uh, what's advice number three for people that are out there? I think that the third one, which is one that, that already hammers me on all the time, is get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable and un being uncomfortable equals growth. And it is whatever that is. For me, there's a litany of things. I grew up in New York City. Even just, I have such a bad sense of direction, even though I'm a, a, as close to, Me too. Yeah, even if I'm as close a descendant of, from Lewis, uh, Lewis and Clark that you can have, and I have no sense of direction. So driving a car to me, for me, was terrifying because I got lost all the time. I finally, now that I have children, in particular one who loves baseball and I love baseball, have found for the last four years, I'm driving all over the place to get him to baseball because baseball in New York City is tough to get to. And... I used to have dreams when I was younger, like panic dreams about driving. But now because I've done it so much, that's gone. And it's nice. a small thing, but I did something I didn't like. And now that fear has gone away. It, it's funny because people who know me would say, like, you should. And I've been told when I started a podcast, like, you 
are charismatic. You're gregarious. You have to be out there. I hate public speaking. I hate being on a podcast. But the more I do it, the better I feel. And each time I come out of it, I feel like I've, I feel like a million bucks, even if it's, it's not going to always be an A plus, but I've done it. And so it's getting the call I don't want to make, the room I don't want to show up in. Every time I do it, I feel better. And I look back at my life and there's so many times my greatest mis- regrets have been things that I've skipped out of fear. That's what they say. And what's kind of interesting is this, is biologically, when we become afraid, we are at the height of our powers, but we have labeled it that, oh, we must run away or just curl up. But think about it. When you have fear, your strength is you're the strongest you're ever going to be. Your ability to have uh, reflexes fastest is ever going to be. Your ability to focus on what you need to do. And we've been trained in this society that when fear comes up, we shut down. When our body's telling us fear is the energy to freaking do it. Warner, this has been such a great conversation. Any last words of wisdom you want to share with the listeners? I think right now, more than anything, is just try in all your interactions to put yourself in whoever you're dealing with uh, shoes. Everyone right now can use a smile. Everyone can can use a a well wish. Uh, There are so many people out there who are hurting. And I've learned the dichotomy for me in the last six months of growing as a human being is I had the worst week of my life, the beginning of this pandemic. And I immediately knew so many people who were really doing badly that I ran, I remember running across the Williamsburg Bridge to give $100 to a busboy who is a refugee who I knew was going to be hurting. And he wasn't there. And I left the money with a note and he called me and just said, no one's ever done this for me in my life, like ever. And it made me feel incredible. And I didn't do it for myself, but I was like, wow, I feel really good. And so I've done a lot, as much as I can help other people, but also to realize that I need to be there for myself in the way that I'm trying to be for other people because other people can't be there for me in the same way. You do have to put up your hand when you're hurting, but try to treat myself like I do other people instead of being wildly hard on myself where I am not with other people except my wife and my and my kids might disagree a little bit. But, you know, just try to be a good human being because, boy, do we need it right now. Words to live by. And I'll let's share one last thing before we uh, end today. It's a friend of mine. Uh, he never gives money to homeless people unless he knows their name. And he's got his kids in the car and somebody will come up. And before he hands over the money, he goes, hey, how you doing, man? Uh, what's your name? And the person says, you know, my name's John. He says, how did you get here? And they have a conversation, that human-to-human connection. And then he gives the money. And I think what he's teaching his kids is just giving money is not enough. Connecting to another human being and acknowledging them is huge. Warner, this was an amazing conversation. Thanks so much for the interview today. And I can't wait for our next conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great rest of your day. And and, uh, thank you again. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 